How can we make the world better? By making ourselves better. The Dr. Joe Show explores how you can make positive personal change by using his groundbreaking and highly effective I Am approach to understand who we are and why we do what we do. Your small changes can have big effects. Join us now for the Dr. Joe Show with Mark Stiles of Stiles Law and your host, Dr. Joe Schrand. Yes. What do we have tonight? Tonight, we are talking, I mean, we're continuing our theme of gratitude. We're continuing the theme of community. But we have our guest tonight who has been here before. So that's also great. Here's Tyson. And I got it right, Sonnenberg. That is correct. Thank you, Dr. Joe and Mark. Welcome. And so we are talking tonight about Renegade Run. Want to just explain what Renegade Run is? Did I get it right? Yep, that is correct. The Renegade Run obstacle course race. Uh, we are um, we are in our coming up to our eighth year, um, October twentieth. It is a run with obstacles that benefits a cure for type one diabetes. Mm -hmm. yeah, we are a local nonprofit uh, in Hingham. Uh, that we started this uh, with a small group of friends, you know, a couple hundred people. We did a three, four-mile run. Uh, it, was a, it was supposed to be a four-mile run, but it was actually a three-mile. Some GPS issues the first year, <laughs> and then uh, but we had we had ten obstacles, and we've we've grown from that race back in 2012 to last year we had over a thousand runners. Wow, uh, two thousand. Uh, in total, including guests, and the, the four-mile race actually has more than 25 obstacles. And yeah, and uh, so it, it's gone from just an event where people come and run, and we donate money to to cure to like a, a family-friendly uh, whole day of celebration. And we've actually reached out to a lot of Type One families that have um, gotten a lot out of the event. And as a and as a nonprofit, we're doing a lot more than just donating to a cure. We're also trying to raise awareness, as well as help folks that need financial assistance for the disease hmm. you know. and, and how did how did an obstacle course evolve i mean you know we hear about marathons we hear about you know bicycle races and my, my mark was was in you know major bicycle race yep. you know it's funny when he said we started a few years ago with a few hundred people and it made me think of that i mean 1981 and now they've raised you know half a billion dollars it was so. a pan mass yeah. yeah right but yeah. it's the same grassroots Beginnings and and I, I love what he's doing. We've been in, we've been a supporter of it. Styles Law has been a supporter of it from the from the very beginning. Hmm. So what kind of obstacles and how again? How did is there a metaphor here that? Well, we 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 figured an obstacle course race is a better you know way of describing you know type one diabetes is mm -hmm. you know you're dealt with a ton of obstacles every day. Every day is a little different. Um, so there's you know, there's always different challenges. Um, we have you know things like you know, we have walls, some higher than others, six foot, four foot walls. Um, there's cargo nets and rope climbs and things to crawl through. It's different than your typical, like everyone knows about Spartan and Tough Mudder. Those are like mud runs. Does you know, everyone? Nope. <laughs> I'm going to just move this mic just a little bit. Not yeah. getting enough. It's more my deep voice. So Spartan. Yes, we, want, we want to hear your voice. And Tough Mudder. Tough rugged, mudder. rugged Maniac. They're, they're, I had um, a Tough Mudder. Yeah. Did you she? had a Tough Mudder, yeah? Yeah, she was hard on you. I miss her. Yeah. <laughs> um, so those those races are big events. They're, they're, they're mud and electricity and fire and electricity? mountains. Oh yeah, tough mudder. You, yeah, that's shocking. Yeah, <laughs> good one. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I'm trying to keep current. Yeah, come on. Yeah, you got it. 
That was revolting. That was revolting. <laughs> I'll stop. I'll stop now. Okay, sorry. So yeah, yeah it's good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so we just we wanted to be a little different, you know, kind of stick out because you know, the best thing you can do for yourself is to make yourself separate, separate yourself from what's normal, and so we wanted to stay away from that type of race and in regular 5K, everyone's doing it. So we said, you know, let's do a run, but with with some obstacles in the way. Yeah. So it's and it's a family friendly event. Like a lot of these mud runs, it's you don't really run with like your eight year old, but this race you can. That's great. Yeah. But but I I do love that metaphor and the image. Absolutely right. Type one diabetes. You know, can, can you you know I'm sure that the people uh, who are listening have heard about diabetes. You know the type one, type two, but you're living this experience. I am living with type one, and I'm living with um, a child with type one. So it's. It's a very unique situation. There's not a lot of us like that, but everyone knows and hears about diabetes in the commercials, and everyone, you know, they say that their um, their grandparents had it, or they 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 see diabetes as um, older, overweight type of thing. Because that's there's 30 million people with um, diabetes, and 99 percent of them have that type two type diabetes. Two. Uh, type one is a little different. You know, it's it's not just not lifestyle. Uh, it's just a pancreas which makes insulin doesn't make insulin right and that can be a um, six-week-old and it can be a it's actually can be a 40-year-old who's been uh, older adults diagnosed with type 1 the pancreas just shuts down right so we're trying to raise awareness about the difference because it really is you know 99 percent well, yeah I mean there's there's well maybe not that high but it's there's 30 million diabetics and 1.25 million of type 1 so that's so maybe it's more like 90, 96.96% of type 2. Yeah. And, and I, you know, full disclosure, I have type 2 diabetes. But since I've been losing weight with Susan Roberts' eye diet, I was able to cut my metformin in half. Right. And my A1C, which is a marker, right, a cellular marker yep. of, of how the glucose is being metabolized, is now normal. So, so do you consider yourself to still have type 2 diabetes? Yep. And for right now, and until so you're a recovering diabetic. Yeah, I guess so. But but I but the 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 point is that there there are these two different types. The one is is really it's from birth. I mean, it's mm -hmm. it's it's something that you potentially could have within the first day of life that you're born with. Yeah, it's a genetic uh, <laughs> genetic marker, so to speak. So right. they think I had the genetic marker all all along, and then it just took a stressor to set it off, which which they really don't know, but. You know, my daughter, Elise, has had the genetic markers um, from the first time she was checked at, like, one years old. Yeah. So we knew she was going to get it. Right. So I, I think it's different for everybody. But it's a matter of when? Just a matter of when for, for her. Right. You know, that's basically what they said. By the way, you might want to come down and check that out. Okay. What's totally. really cool about it, just walk the course. When is know? it? When is it? Sunday, October 20th. Sunday, October 20th. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to... Put it, Put in, it my in your calendar. Because um, we, as we, a sponsor, we set a table up, and we, we want to be so much part of this community because it's such an awesome community what he's put together. But going back and forth to the parking lot with our stuff, I, I you know, I've run it a couple times, but the the signage is getting better and better every year, isn't it? They they, yeah. they have these like motivational ways to get you through some of these obstacles you know the metaphors mm. are wonderful right mm -hmm. you know you, you run into these obstacles every day but it's focused on those folks that have type one so here's your obstacle come on you know let's get through them what are some of the yeah what are some quotes of them? that oh really gonna put me on the spot like that yep yep oh, we've got so many it's unbelievable yeah. yeah 
We have some that are kind of funny, like when we go up a hill, we say you're halfway there, and then the hill continues on. We say, just kidding. <laughs> no, and, and then, They're but great. Yeah. You know, you're hurting and you're right. chuckling, yeah. right. you know, at the same time. Right. We have things like, you know, a, a diabetic can have, um, <clears throat> the only thing a diabetic can't eat is a cookie that's, you know, poisoned, a cookie with poison. Mm -hmm. you know, like, like an that. awareness. The awareness factor is unbelievable. As I was running through it, I was like, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. We try to be um, realistic. Like we say, you know, insulin is not a. It's a. It's not a cure. It's a. It's a, a lifeline. Mm. Uh, things like that. So it is. It is awareness as well. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, we talk about the obstacles where, um, you know, the, like I said, with diabetes itself, you know, your a diabetic's life is full of challenges and obstacles. So just 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 another one. Right. Yeah. So we always try to get a few more uh, every year. They're great, though. They're great. Check it out. Come down. Yeah. So uh, to, to tie it into the I am, because I think this is one of the hardest parts about really the I am approach, is, you know, how can having type 1 diabetes be an I am? And, and this, is, this is part of why we're really trying to help people understand that the I am is basically saying there is no disease. Right. There is no pathology. It's a cellular response. If, you're, if your pancreas isn't making insulin for whatever reason, that's its I am. But then what do you want to change so that you can move forward? You can, you know, I mean, we're, we're so amazingly blessed these days that we have insulin, you know? Right. I mean, years ago, <clears throat> that wasn't around. There wasn't that So what did they insulin. do? Well, a lot of people, their, their I am was such that they, they really couldn't do that well. Right. At that point. Um, but to go back, and I'm trying to remember, who was the guy who discovered it? They were, they were doing experiments with dogs, and they tied off the pancreas, and they, it was like... They discovered that insulin was... Yeah, it was, it was the way to, an amazing, yeah, yeah, amazing Back in 1921, I think yeah. it was um, uh, Frederick... Yes, yes. Um, I'll remember it, but... And then, and then, and then even... Frederick Banting. That was it. So they were Canadian, and they, were, they found um, pig, pig insulin. Before that, once you were diagnosed. How do you find that? How do you make that discovery? How do you put two and two together and say, wow, here we go. We got something. Yeah. This, this was pretty amazing what they did yeah. with, with, with tying off the pancreas and realizing that's where the things were coming from. Yeah. I mean, before that, I mean, the type 1 diabetic, you're diagnosed mm -hmm. and it was basically a de death sentence. Yeah, I mean, right. you were just... You, so that you, was the you, answer to the yeah. question that you didn't yeah. want to answer. Yeah. yeah. It, it was. It was because, well, you know, you see, you see all the books. I mean, you, they withered away to nothing because their organs start to shut down. And that's what happens when, uh, before you're diagnosed, a lot of folks get uh, diabetic keto ketoacidosis where um, you start spilling... A protein, and so it's uh, you get sick, and then the organs shut down. And so back before insulin, that's what's what happened. Uh. Um, it was, so Frederick Banting, and there was another gentleman he worked with. They discovered this, and they um, they found the pig. The pig insulin worked, and um, you know almost instantaneously. Well, not instantaneously, but very quickly they yeah. were recovering. It was pretty pretty close to about as instantaneous as you can get for a medical intervention. Yeah. And that's what happens even now, right? I mean, what what's the experience like when you realize you're you're Blood glucose no, is going high, yep. and you give yourself... Now, you, you actually... For folks on the radio, you can't see, but there's this beautiful pink patch on Tyson's arm, yep. and that is your... Continuous glucose monitor. Yeah. And then I have my uh, insulin pump. You can... The microphone's in the way. It, this delivers insulin, and it bases a lot of the delivery on what my continuous glucose monitor is reading. And then when I eat, 
um, it tells, I have to tell the pump how many carbohydrates I'm eating, and then it delivers the insulin based on my number and the amount of carbs that I have. Now, why carbohydrates? Carbohydrates turn to sugar, so your body's got to break that down, and um, a, a normal pancreas works where you you're, you're feed yourself, and then it kind of reads what it is, and it delivers the insulin based on, you know, how your sugars are reacting. And then, uh, you know, obviously a type 1 uh, diabetic, the pancreas doesn't work, so you have to tell the pump how much insulin you need based on what you're having. So it's a good it's a good tool, but it also it's it's scary because if you're off one way or the other, it could lead to totally different things. Like if I have too much, then you crash, and um, bad things happen when you crash too low. If you um, have too much insulin, too much insulin. That's right. So if so, you know, there's been stories of folks making a mistake and um, give either either giving themselves the wrong medication because it's long acting and short acting and they crash and they actually go into a coma um, some pass away and then there's a, a, there's an instance where you don't give yourself enough and then you go the other way and you go high now um, going high you can always correct going low you have you can have issues um, but that you if you don't have enough insulin you, that's when you go there the keto the DKA they call it right that's diabetic you, ketoacidosis yeah, that's when you have the, you, the organs um, at, after a certain amount of time you know, like, like folks that don't get, they get misdiagnosed for having something like the flu. They'll go to the doctor mm -hmm. and, the, you know, it would be diagnosed as a flu and it's really not. You find out later that it wasn't. They, mm -hmm. they kids, you've heard stories of kids dying because they didn't catch it in time. Because the same thing, because you get the organ failure at that point. So we're spending a lot of time on the biological domain right. because yep. that's where diabetes is really living. And yet you can see how it has an impact on all the other domains, just like everything. You know, small change in one domain has a big effect. So for people who don't have diabetes, what you describe is you eat some food, you change the environment in your body, and other things respond. Pancreas says, well, there's, there's some glucose, there's some sugar here, i got to get some insulin. Because remember, insulin is the transport molecule. It's like a bus, right? And it picks up the sugar that's in the bloodstream and delivers it into a cell. Yep. Because the cell needs the sugar to do all sorts of other things. It's the energy of the cell. So what happens when you can't get that insulin into your cells? Your blood sugar goes up and then things start to collapse yeah. because it needs the sugar. And that happens with type one and type two diabetes. But let's let's back up a little bit. Let's let's go into the home domain. Remember there are four domains. There's you know the home, the biological, social domain, and the IC. Can you tell us a bit about the home domain for you growing up and how did how did the diabetes emerge and manifest and how did you personally learn about it and then can we talk about your daughter? Yeah. So I was diagnosed at 21. So at that point, in, back in 2001, it was, you know, widely known as being juvenile and uh, genetic. So I was at school at the end of the school year, luckily, because if I was in the middle of the school year, I probably would have lost some time. But I was just... Um, I had been, I had lost a lot of weight, uh, blurry vision towards the end, uh, frequent urination, I, drink, I was thirsty all the time, um, and then, you know, I vomited after a meal, so all those things together, I just went on WebMD. I said, what is going on here? So put all those symptoms in, you know, mm -hmm. those, those ones I just mentioned, and it said type 1 diabetes, and I'm like, come on. So I called my mother, and wow. she said, and she said, there's no way, she said, it's, you know, it's not in... Um, in the family and to back up a little bit I had just come off it was about four weeks 
five weeks post um, a traumatic right shoulder surgery. So my mother called the orthopedic and said, you know, this is what's happening. Is this, was this something that would come from the surgery? He's like, there's no way. No, thinking maybe it was the, if it was the anesthesia or some med right. I was on. It wasn't the case. So she called me and said, you got to go. So I think um, that was, a, I think it was a morning. My roommate took me uh, to the local hospital and then I, just, I gave the nurse all my symptoms and she's like, yep, that's type 1 diabetes. And uh, she asked me, you know, is it in your family? I said, nope. And she said, well, it sounds like you got the short straw because it's not in your family. You're 21. Come to find out now, there's, 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 been, there's a lot of folks out there. Now, again, I'm in the community now of type 1 diabetics, so I'm hearing a lot more stories about it, that there's people that were diagnosed at later stages, not in the family. So it's just weird how if you're not in the, you're not in, you know, the community, in that domain, so to speak, you think it's, you still people think it's juvenile and it's hereditary when it's really not. Right. So luckily I was going home. Um, I took care of my uh, business, uh, learned about the disease. You know, you get a crash course, a three-day crash course at the hospital. Um, mother set me up with a nutritionist, and I took that summer just to get a hold of it. I went right back to work. You know, I kind of just had to go with the flow. I didn't let it hold me back. And then I went back to school and things were fine. You know, all my friends and uh, teammates had known I was diagnosed and what I was dealing with, so everyone was well aware of it. You know, so you have to include include them in, in your little pack. And then, like I said, I just kind of went with it because I wasn't going to let it control me. You know, I didn't want to hold me back. Just It just kept... I said, I don't have... Diabetes doesn't have me. I, no, I have diabetes. Diabetes doesn't have me. That's the way I looked at it. It's a good way to look at very it. Very good, yeah. very good. You You just sort of went right into it. You you wanted to absorb information, but there are so many people who get diagnosed at that age and younger who go into denial. You know, one of the things we say in psychiatry, denial is not just a river in Egypt, <laughs> you know, uh, and, and they don't want to admit it, you know, because there's sometimes the idea of adolescent invulnerability and, and these things can't happen to me, and I've had so many patients who really need to take their insulin and they just refuse yeah so what happened how how come you at, at 21 just said i'm going to learn this and as you said i'm going to take control of this yeah you know i don't really know i mean like i was saying off air like there was when i was in the hospital there was a, a an older gentleman that was a type 2 diabetic that was going in to get his toe amputated for not taking care of himself so that could have been the starting point but i think i've just always had this um attitude when I was growing up just to you know take care of take care of yourself and do your thing I knew no one was going to take care of take care of it for me and I just wasn't going to let let it hold me down but you've um, taken that to a whole nother level you're I mean what do you what's your job what do you do so, so as a, a trainer now so because of type 1 diabetes I actually got into you know taking care of myself and, and fitness and nutrition because it was part of my life anyway you know, I had to take care of myself with, with exercise and had to learn how to eat well just to take care of the disease. You know, I want to be around for my kids. So I just took it to a whole new level. I made a career out of helping people get healthy, and I've dealt with diabetics, type 1 and type 2, to, to, to get them on, on the right path. But it's, you know, it's, and I've always been about the, a positive attitude, mm -hmm. you know, because, you know, you talk about it a lot with the IM, like you start with a negative attitude, then you're, you've already beat yourself. Um, and I've had I've had the uh, pleasure of knowing and meeting folks, you know, that have that were diagnosed at an earlier age, um, at adolescents that have been through the the hard knocks of it all in denial, and um, 
you try to deal with that, but that's that is the, that is one of the stages of of dealing with the diagnosis. You got to get through that. It's tough. It's a. It's a. Um, it's where the support group comes in. So I probably had a great support group. You know, my mother. My mother came right to the hospital. She was crying. Um, my sister was yelling at me because my mother was crying. Um, <laughs> and I'm just sitting there in the hospital bed. I'm the like, home domain. Right. right. We've just yeah. entered the home we domain. We sure have. And I was like, yeah, you know, it, just, it is. It is what it is. Is what is the way I looked at it. You know, it's it happened, and you know now you just gotta hit it head on. Yeah, and that is something that not everybody can do right yeah so let's back up even further than in your home domain was there an influence of your parents i mean in terms of how you manage this like you know i'm gonna deal with this what do your parents do well my my mother helped me when i came home I mean, she hooked me up with a, um, a holistic nutritionist uh, dr mccola if you know the name um i went to see him uh probably a month or two after i was diagnosed and then i was i went to jocelyn so it was really just her being there for support. I, I hate to say that I forget exactly what you know what was going through, but she was always there. She's always been supportive. Um, but but even even before for the, that, before you were diagnosed, yeah. you know, I mean, t- to to be a young man saying, you know, here's a problem and I'm going to deal with it head on, that that I think can often be influenced by what you saw your parents do in their lives and what you know what it was like as a child and how you were growing up and what what the sort of ethics were and, and what they taught you well yeah uh, you know uh, briefly I mean my, my mother um, really was a single mom I had she she was married twice so I had um, a divorce and a stepfather and a divorce so she was she really raised the three of us on her own and she worked hard mm. so I, I, I can survivor. guarantee her I got my yeah she was a survivor exactly right um, rented bounced from house to house um, and so I, you know, I definitely learned a lot from that and like I said, she was always out there working, but she always supported us too. She did whatever she could to, to do, uh, to do things for us as well. You see, that's a role model. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm not saying that that other parents aren't role models in other ways, but but there's there's somebody who influenced By you. By definition. Right. Right. And now you're modeling that. Right. Yeah. And then to the to the same effect, like I I saw the struggles she went through. Um, I saw the relationships that were were troublesome, and I and I learned to what I could do to make it to, so I didn't have to deal with the same thing, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I was always renting, so I, I really wanted to own a home early. I wanted to have a stable job, you know, be, you know, get a, get a, a solid, a solid family uh, early on. So you learn, you learn one way or the other uh, how you're going to deal or with every it. every which way, right? Yeah. That's right. And, you know, one of my phrases, I've worked hard to be this lucky. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And really, that's, it sounds like you worked hard. And then your daughter. What happened there? How did that emerge? Well, um, back in 2011, she was, um, I was at Jocelyn. So she was born in 2012, actually, so fast forward a year. 2000 and, what, what year is this, 2019? Yeah. So <laughs> 2012, I was at um, Jocelyn, and there was someone doing uh, a study, a family history study. I said, yeah, I got kids. So I decided to sign the kids up for a family history study, and we got some blood drawn, and afterwards I got a letter in the mail saying that my son Nathan had no traces of the autoantibodies, which is the, you know, the bad cells that kill off the good cells, and then no letter for Elise. Mm-hmm. So I knew that wasn't good. Mm-hmm. Got a phone call from a Boston number, and they told me that she had um, four 
of the five. No, I think she had all five of the autoantibodies that mm-hmm. they checked for, which basically meant she, there was a 95% chance that she was going to get it. So we had my son checked every year to make sure he didn't have them still, and then she was checked every six months to check her A1C, her average glucose, and, and make sure the markers were still there. So she, I had my, my radar on for all six years, and then uh, Friday, October 13th, 2017, she had a week of, you know, accidents in her you know, she, pull-up. She was wetting her pull-up um, a couple nights, a couple times a night, actually, sort of one night. And then the following day, she had an accident at school, and I said, I think that's it. So checked her, and it was high. Luckily, she had no other symptoms than that. Went to social hospital. They confirmed my diagnosis, pretty much. Um, gave her some insulin and said, because you are who you are, and you know exactly what's happening, we can, you can go home. So she wasn't admitted, which is a very terrible situation to be in for a mm-hmm. child. You know, she was only five. Yeah, to, to get admitted into a hospital. It's very it's drastic. scary. Yeah. Scary. And they, uh, so we had to go to Children's. That, that was a Friday night, so we went to Children's early on Saturday. I sat in the ER. They, it was, again, it was a crash course. Right. It was a crash course all day Saturday. We went home, came back on Sunday, another crash course. And I'm, we're talking about the crash course I went through. I'm right. there. I'm sitting in this in this chair like this, and I know exactly what they're saying. I'm, and I'm hearing it all for the second time. But I'm looking at my wife. I'm like, holy. Right. I don't know. Like, I can't, can't even imagine what she's going through. Right. And I can't imagine what a, but what two parents would be going through listening to the same thing. If, and luckily, I have the knowledge. So I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, man, she's going through this, trying to learn all this stuff. And so I can't imagine a mother and a father not having a clue right. what, like, what's going on in their head. Because most of the time, they've got this child, but you've also got another child or right. two other children that you're dealing with. You right. Know? So, you know, it, but I also learned something when she was diagnosed, and I'm still learning stuff. Um, I learned that I hate type 1 diabetes after she was diagnosed. Mm-hmm. As a diabetic myself, I didn't look at it that way before. I looked at it as, this is, this, this is what I have. I'm going to be positive about it. I'm going to do the best I can. And now it's a totally different story. Now you're messing with right. my kid. Right. Yeah. So it was a big difference. I bet. I bet. So how do you manage that? Because it's, you know. Well, it's funny you ask. It's, it's managing, managing my daughter is not, as, it's not terrible. It's trying to manage my daughter and, you know, and my wife. You know, Stacy's learning. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no sleep. Um, because you're always worried about your child. Um, and, just, and I'm l- trying to take my experiences with, with dealing with, hot, you know, blood sugars with Elise. And, you know, as, as it, when, they're, when they're growing, everything changes. Everything's out of whack. Mm. You know, um, ev- everything affects your blood sugars. Lack of sleep, lack of water, um, stressful situation, running around, heat, cool air. Um, so dealing with, with not only her and trying to manage her better i actually i actually focused on managing her numbers better than mine right but also trying to manage you know my wife's emotions yeah Yeah. Uh, and and the son in particular a little bit older you say middle child who does not have diabetes and what i really was hoping you could talk with parents who are listening is how do you help him so yeah yeah, sometimes kids can can get overlooked yeah it's an it's a real issue um you have to be cognizant of the situation. It's real that if there's one that needs more, more time, more you more know, immediate attention, more attention, medical yeah, attention. Yeah, yeah. 
you have to take you have to make sure you take time to make sure that other child also gets their their time alone whether it be uh, an event so I try to take my son to like monster jam and um, we try to watch football together and you do as much as you can with the time that you're given mm-hmm. but you have to show attention to to all the kids um, and it's and it's really hard it's I mean be, no one ever said being a parent was was difficult um, I mean easy no, to be sorry yeah um, yeah. A lot of people said it was difficult, yeah, Tyson. Yeah. A lot of people, yeah, they, they do now, yeah, no. So, yeah, so it's, it, it is, it's hard to try to manage it. But like I said off here, when, the chi- when one child is born, you bring the, bring the sibling something as a gift for when that child is born. Because so, it, it's immediate. Right. As, soon as, they, as soon as a sibling is born, like that only, if they were only child, all of a sudden they were going to feel left out. That's right. So, they can. Yeah, but we also... The weekend that Elise was diagnosed, she came home and we had the kids involved in her care right away. Like we 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 brought them in together. We said, you know, this is what we want you to try. Like this is what she has to do. And they and my, my Nathan gave. Um, she tested Elise's sugars before. She's mm-hmm. given her. She gave. She was giving her insulin shots. So so we're trying to involve him in the care as well, which I think you can do um, if you if someone has a a child with a chronic illness as well. Um, Get the kid, get the child involved in how how the parent is caring for that child. So the child, it's you're, you're getting attention to both. That's right. And that child will feel, I think, m- the child will feel better about themselves. And they'll feel more valuable. They're included exactly if they're right. caring for them. So right now, my oldest daughter, uh, Adria, she she is she is as good as her mother and I as at dealing with Elisa as oh, far as great. her blood sugars checking her numbers she's old enough now where she can babysit and that's like the only time my wife and i get get out wow um and now we're getting nathan to the point where okay nathan why don't you check okay nathan why don't you put this in her this in her pump and so we're trying to get him involved in yeah. her kids. no she's getting good as well but we are everyone needs to check ch- mm-hmm. double check and make sure she's not putting the wrong number in the pump right. like yeah you're having 500 grams of carbs no you're not right now now, now there are some things on the pump that say no you can't get that much insulin at once but so we're, we're including him in the care but he's also getting his own time right and so you have to divide and conquer yep and again th- th- these are all ims these small changes can have big effects and i, I really i'm so grateful that you're talking about that aspect because uh, diabetes is not um an isolated event it affects everyone who's around them exactly yep families yep families um athletic clubs uh, schoolmates nurses teachers Mm -hmm. everybody that comes in in contact with a type 1 diabetic is affected unless they don't know about it but um you know my my co-workers all my clients um all my friends like i said earlier i was diagnosed in school when i when i left i had all my friends that i already knew when i was when i came back to school everybody knew yeah i have to i had to include them in in it um so, because I didn't want anyone to think that, like, so some you see a lot of, I hear stories, see stories of, of people that go into restaurants and they take insulin, like, you know, at the, at the restaurant, mm-hmm. um, and they get they get upset because someone might say something like, oh, you know, shouldn't be doing that in public and giving I, yourself an injection in public, exactly, right. yeah. yeah. Um, so <laughs> I I have always been the one that wants to educate the person on you know what it really is about, mm-hmm. but you need to have a strong support group in order to do that because you feel you feel that sense of empowerment you know if i had friends and loved ones that didn't support it or didn't you know i didn't educate them on then all of a sudden i'm going at it i'm up the bat without any backup 
Right. There's a social domain and community. Right. Right there. How powerful that is to have a community to remind you of your value and to help support you and say, okay, so you got diabetes. All right. So what do we do to take care of right. it? Right. Right. As opposed to saying, whoa, 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 you got diabetes, you know, you can't You're come out. out to dinner You're with out us of our for group. ice cream. Right. You know? right. And I think that's one of the problems that um, an adolescent might get. They're in denial. They don't want any of their friends to know they have it. And then, you know, because like I said, I've seen it before. Kids, boys especially, like between the ages of probably 14 and 19, they don't want their friends to know. Um, they want to keep it a secret. They don't want to take the medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I've, I've actually talked to a couple of those boys in that be age. like everybody else, right? Right, yeah. exactly. So if you're diagnosed at that age, you're, it's, it's kind of, you're kind of out of luck. But I've also seen them that they get, they get burnouts. They get burnt out from dealing with it at that same age. Yeah. You know, you're growing and there's so many changes going on right. physically. But I've sat with a couple of them. And, and I'm, I basically was like, dude, what's, like, what are you doing? And they're just, you know, oh, you know, and they're, oh, I'm doing okay. It's like, well, listen, you only have one life. So you want to be around for a little while, like this is what you have to do. And it's tough to just, you can't teach attitude. You can try to try to convince them that you got to change the attitude and hopefully it sets in. But like I said, luckily it just kind of kind of came off, you know, now I'm trying to just, it came for me. So now I'm trying to get the same attitude with my, with Elise, uh, not being shy about taking her pump out in public and, and um, you know, giving herself a shot. I mean, mm-hmm. she's fine with it. She wears, she wears her CGM, her monitor on her arm and her pump site on her arm and proudly. She has no problem. She's got a pretty little dress that someone made for her that's good for a pump. Mm-hmm. So I just, I want her to feel, you know, normal uh, mm-hmm. right. for as long as, as long as she can. Um, you know, she, but she, but you also have to educate them on why you're, it's, why you're not, you know, like you can't just go and eat that. So it's it's a it's a tough balance. Yeah. You're normal, but you're not. You know. Well, it's still an I am. I mean, right. so so your I am, your biological domain is influenced. Your pancreas isn't making insulin, so we make a small change. Right. In this case, make a small change in the biological domain, but small changes have big effects. Yep. So it's not just the biological domain we're talking about. It's how things are at home, how things are in the social domain, and then the I see. How do I see myself? How do I think other people see me? So what about you with diabetes? How do you see yourself? Well, I'd like to say that I'm a strong advocate for, for type 1 diabetes. Um, I have, as I mentioned, I've always had the attitude as, you know, I have type 1 diabetes, but it does not have me. Right. And I try to try to live that like that. Um, so I am, you know, small changes have big effects. You control no one. You influence everyone couple of things how do you want to influence people because i think we're hearing that yeah so let's go with that one first and then i'm going to ask you another thing about small changes so i would just like um you know like i've said before it's all about attitude um there's a lot of negativity as you've as you've mentioned um and if i wanted to i could always see you, you could wake up with a negative attitude about about life about work or about the, about type one um i just choose not to live that way because it's not going to do anything for me it's going to make things worse so that's you know, and it's it's tough as as you know in America, it's you're you watch the news. What I mean, out of the thirty minute newscast, how much is positive? Yeah, right. if it bleeds, it leads. Yeah, right. So that's the problem. So it just everyone's got to be accountable accountable to themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I I guess I knew right on it probably the way I was brought up that if you want something to be done, you gotta do it yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was probably because of my, it was a single mother, three kids, she worked all the time. It's like, you know what, if I want 
if I want to eat this, and I can do it myself. If I want make, if I want money, if I want a car, okay, you got to get a job. So I just, you know, just hit it. And what small change can you recommend for people who have type one diabetes? What small change can they make that can have an effect? It's probably talking about it, talking about your type one diabetes to anybody, not hiding it. You know, even if you tell one person, one person that doesn't know about it. Talk about it and educate people, because you'll feel you'll feel better if you. I mean, if you educate people. Luckily, I've had the platform, and I think having the platform and talking about it, but being healthy and and eating correctly, and now obviously with with type one as a nonprofit, we have that platform, you know, and we're raising money for a cure, and we're we're getting type one diabetic kids mostly coming to this event and empowering them with that same small change. Like there was a a girl last year, I believe it was, young. Um, shy, uh, and she ran, she's a type 1 diabetic, she ran the race, and she was empowered afterwards because wow. she was like, oh, wow, all these people are here for my type 1 diabetes. Mm. So that's a small change, just educating people and just letting them feel that power of, you know, this isn't, this isn't bad, I can do this. Value. We yeah. all want the same thing. That's right. To feel valued. How do people learn more about Renegade Run? So we have, we're, it's like I said, we're Sunday, we're, the race is Sunday, October 20th at Bear Cove uh, in Hingham. We've been at Wampatuck, but we changed venues this year just to change it up. Our website, type1renegaderun.com, type-o-n-e-renegaderun.com, has information to donate, um, sign up. Uh, we have uh, fundraising opportunities, and we always looking for volunteers for the race too we can get our contact information so we got what is that five weeks from now about five six weeks from now so it, it, yeah we have our, our our email addresses on there anything you can do sponsorships volunteers um sponsors we have a, a ton of good sponsors already that uh is on the website as well like styles styles law has been a good vol um sponsor for a number of years um honeydew associates uh, Prime Motor Group and um, in Hanover the Mercedes. Um, so we've had we've had some good support over the years, which has helped us build from 2012 to now. Tyson, I want to thank you. You're, you're inspirational. You're going to help a lot, a lot of people. And folks, if you've got type one diabetes, you are not alone. Not alone. Come out and get some help because they're there for you. Yes, thank you for having me here. It's been a great platform. All right. We'll be back next week, folks. Bye. Good night.